Hello, everyone. Welcome to this breakout session, Chastity and Dating. It's going to be really exciting, led by the angels, Mr. Bobby and Mrs. Jackie Angel. We're going to open up in prayer, and then we'll get started, okay? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Lord Jesus, fill our hearts, fill this space, fill this room. Lord, we just ask that you send your Holy Spirit. Open our minds, our hearts, our souls, and our bodies to receive newness and new teaching so that we may grow more in love with you and we may find the path to authentic freedom and love. Mary, we just give this time together to you as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great, pray for us. Awesome. If you guys have um, your papers and pens, um, again, if you want to get those out, we're just going to give you some you know, practical things for, for dating. And obviously, it's so good that you're all here because you want to be chased in your dating lives. Awesome. Um, if I asked you, what is the purpose of dating? What would you say? Yeah. She said to find your future spouse. What were you going to say? Yeah, great. Yeah, it's better than Facebook. True. true. <laughs> it's true. Yes, yeah, so dating has, again, a couple purposes. One, it's to get to know someone. Right? You're getting to know someone better for the purpose of finding your future spouse. A lot, a lot of us today in this day and age don't think about that long-term end. They, 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 they don't think about, oh, what's the purpose? It's just kind of what I do. It's just to do it. And it's like, well, that's not really the purpose. It's just to do it, to hang out. It's, there's a long-term goal most of us don't think about because the relationship can go one of two ways. One, you get married. Awesome. Or it doesn't work out. There's no third option. A lot of us think, oh, we're just going to hang out and whatever. It's like, oh, that's kind of misleading. So we're at a very wishy-washy time in, in our culture when it comes to actually dating and actually asking people out on dates. And so we're going to yeah. get into that. I think the worst is when guys go, hey, do you want to hang out? And you're like, what do you mean by hang out? You know, like for me, if a guy says, do you want to hang out? I'm say, I say back, I say, is this a date? Because I, I want you to say, I, guys... Ask girls out on a date, okay? Ask them and specifically say, can I take you on a date? Or can I take you to dinner? I would love to take you on a date. Okay, guys, say the word date so the girls don't like, because I one time, this guy liked me and he asked me to hang out and I was like, okay. So we went and got dinner or we went to lunch and we like saw a movie and then we went back and we like, to Dave and Buster's like started playing pool and I'm like, is this a date? <laughs> like, because I really thought like, oh, this guy's great. I'm like, he's my friend. <laughs> Okay. And if you don't clarify, guys, if wasn't you don't me. clarify, no, it wasn't him. If you don't clarify, like, this is a date, girls, you know, they're like, oh, he's my friend. But that's why you say date, because you are making an intention that this is more than friendship, or else the girl is going to think, oh, we're just friends, you know? So guys, take, ask girls on dates, because a lot of times guys do not ask girls on dates. They say, hey, you want to hang out, okay? No. If you want to date a girl, say the word date. And, and no, we're going to give you guys... Uh, plenty of time to ask questions at the end. So if you do have a burning question to ask us, the time is coming. 
Uh, just we're gonna go over some things first. Maybe that's that's pops up for us and uh, we want to impart to you. The other thing too is especially if you're in high school, you have all the permission and we give you permission right now, you don't have to date. Okay, you have permission, you don't have to date. <sighs> I, I, have, I have high schoolers I work with, they're like, thank you. Thanks a lot. I'm like, okay, you're welcome. You have permission. No one's forcing you. But it feels sometimes when everyone around you may be coupling up or there's a dance coming up or just it's what you do. You feel like the odd man out when I don't have a girlfriend or and you feel weird like I have to care. My brother is a great example because he went to a kind of like Andrew's story. He went to all these different dances with different girls. But really just because he would have gone solo and some of those he did. Not because he didn't feel weird about it. He was just that comfortable with himself and who he was to go. And it was awesome. I was not like that. I had to have some kind of date. I had to, I was always kind of romantically looking out, out, out there. My brother was like, oh, whatever. And that, that was great. And I wish I kind of had that indifference uh, and just self-worth enough in myself alone. Be like, I'm a pretty cool guy to hang out with. Just by myself. To, to have that. Um, I'm going to ask you guys a question. In high school, right now, are you ready to get married? Absolutely. So you're telling me you have a job, you have money to buy a house and a ring. Okay, because rings cost like anywhere from like $7,000 to $10,000. So. Uh-oh. What? What did you say? <laughs> seven, seven. And then she'll be like, I don't think so. Got to go. <laughs> no, I'm just Seven kidding. to ten cents. Yeah. So, okay, if you're not ready to get married right now, why do we date in high school? Exclusively. I'm not saying with groups or whatever. Well, why do we date exclusively in high school? Anyone want to answer? Or why do people? Not you, but people. Yeah. Okay, because you like the person. Why else? Practice. Okay. Why else? Yeah. To feel like you're loved. Now, could you practice going with other people? Like, like if you go bowling, like you go with the girl that you like, but you're with other people, could you practice that way? Okay, yeah. If you like them, if you're attracted to someone, could you, you know, date without, um, again, in a group? Yeah. And what would what, you say? To feel like you're loved. Could you, could you be with that person and go, you know, without having sex? Yeah, without making out? If you, because you want to feel loved, right? Do you feel loved by having friends? Like, do your friends make you feel loved? I hope so. I hope you guys have good friends that make you feel loved, right? So you don't necessarily, you know, have to date in high school exclusively. Okay, why? Tell me about when it comes to your school, when people date, what happens a lot of times? Why do they date? Why do you think people date in high school? Yeah. Okay. What are, what are the, some of the consequences of dating in high school? What happens to a lot of relationships you know? Yeah. Okay, broken heart. What else? Suicidal. Okay. What else? Use your words. Use your words. You can do it. When, a baby, right. Yeah, what else? Okay, sometimes they stay within their own bubble. What else? Teen pregnancy. Yeah, what do you say? He's like, baby. <laughs> yeah. What about what? Uh, about tw uh, Twitter beef? As my friends say, as my, my high schoolers call it. Basically, 
you know, high school was complicated enough when you just had hormones and trying to figure out, and it's like in the glory days of Saved by the Bell, like right. this, this was like the drama where the, the worst drama on TV was caffeine pills. Right. Like that's the worst thing they could show. A lot has changed in a short time, and you guys have been imparted with this social media, which is just absolutely no rules, and people get all sorts of nasty on the internet. And so, especially when there's breakups, and or like you're dating people between schools, and it just gets like... Or you're sexting, and someone breaks up with you, and use your photo against you, right? You know that, you, I'm sure you guys know people in your school, right? That that's happened, that someone spreads around that picture after they've broken up, and that stinks, probably. Um, um, so here's the deal. A lot of times when people date in high school, do you think they have the mindset, I'm, I'm doing this to think about marriage? No. And really what we see in high school, and I know I dated in high school a lot, basically my mindset in high school was, he's good looking, let's date. Oh, and he's breathing, let's date. You know, like, and he, he's, he's walking and breathing, we're good. You know, he's not like in a coma or something. Um, which you, you could date someone, you could read them books, I don't know, but that's... Uh, it's not responsive. Um, but yeah, a lot of times in high school, we're like, I like this person, and I'm going to date them. But again, if the, the purpose of dating is marriage, then why do we date in high school? Why can't we learn to love or feel love with our friends? If we're attracted to them, why can't we get to know them better, you know, and, and be friends or date in groups? Um, a lot of times, basically what we see in high school is it gets you into a lot of mess. Right? Basically what happens is we're not really even there yet. You know, a lot of people don't even know free, this free, total, faithful, fruitful. A lot of times it's basically to hook up. We want someone that likes us that we can make out with or do more stuff, right? I mean, the, actually the definition of hooking up is anywhere from making out to having sex, okay? Um, and I know when I was in high school, I had friends with benefits, but that was basically it was making out where I met a, a 10th grader. Her definition of hooking up was she had been having sex since she was in 8th grade with all her guy friends. And she... she told me this, and I was like, I asked her, she's, she was like, yeah, the longest I've gone without having sex was like three months, and I'm like, I, my first question I asked her, I said, has your dad ever told you how beautiful you are? And she just started crying. Because, again, we talked about in the girls' session yesterday, she had never learned from her father that she was beautiful or that he loved her, and so she went to guys, right, to, to learn that, like, she wanted guys to tell her that she was loved. And of course, they were like, oh, baby, I love you. Now let's, you know, let's have sex. And basically that's what happened. Yeah, and the, the problem, again, we talked about just we are embodied. We are bodies. And the, the oxytocin and the other chemicals that bond us to this other person, that starts as young as you start it. And so if you really reserved and guarded uh, yourself when you're ready to start dating towards marriage, then that's all of you there. And yet if I go into the mindset of, oh, this is practice, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> all throughout high school making out with different people, then I bonded myself to who knows how many people before I've even gotten to the woman who will be my spouse. Right. Um, there are two things I wish I would have known when I was in high school when it came to dating. You might want to write these down. Number one, God alone satisfies your heart. Okay? We think sometimes that if we date, this person will, you know, they'll, be, they'll satisfy us and we will be happy, right? When we date, a lot of times we're like, okay, this will fulfill me. Maybe, you know, generally, girls go into dating because of the emotional, right? A lot of times, ladies, we emotionally lust 
I told the ladies yesterday that we're like hamsters on crack when we're single. And we're like, is this guy the one? Is this guy the one? Is this guy the one? So when we date, we're like always like, is this the one? Is this the one? And we emotionally, when we see a guy we like, we like think about him all the time, right? We're like, even if it's like a celebrity, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to marry him. I'm going to marry him. He's going he's gonna to come from England and he's totally going to find me that one direction. You know, like he's going to see me in a crowd. You know, girls have these, like, fantasies about these romantic, right? And when we meet a guy, we, like, think about him for days. So girls, a lot of times, we, we want to date because it'll fill this emotional void that maybe um, hasn't been filled. Guys, a lot of times, this is generally, because girls can be physically lust and guys can emotionally lust as well, but guys generally, like, they're like, I like this girl, I want to make out with her, you know, or whatever it is. Well, it's, it's you know, guys, we don't fantasize about, like, how many kids we're going to have or <laughs> yeah. the house. We're just like, oh, she's... She's really pretty. She's, yeah. she's talking to me. What do I say? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're really pretty. And so, yeah, a lot of times when we ache for these things, um, I, I want to say God is the only one who can satisfy you. Okay, no, no person on this earth, and I said this before, can satisfy that ache and that longing. But if we don't know that, we'll go into relationship after relationship longing for this, this person. Again, like one of my sisters... She was very depressed in high school, and she was suicidal. So, I, you know, I see the difference between my sister who went from relationship to relationship to relationship, and she was sexually active in all these relationships. Why? Because she was looking for someone to love her. She was looking for someone to tell her how good she was, and she didn't have her own self-worth to know no person is going to satisfy this. Like, only God alone can heal this part. Um, okay, so that's the first thing, that only God can satisfy your heart that ache that we have for someone. Number two is nobody can fix you or heal you. Okay? Nobody can fix you or heal you. And we think that if I'm in a relationship, this person is going to solve all the problems, right? If I struggle with depression, they're going to fix that depression. If I struggle with this anxiety, they're going to fix that. And the truth is, if we go into marriage thinking that, that someone we're going to marry is going to fix that, oh, you know what happens in marriage, you guys? If you've got issues... We think that in marriage, it's all going to be perfect. Ha, huh, no. You know what happens in marriage? It gets worse. Because everything is exposed. When you get married, yeah. Guess what? This person sees everything. And everything gets exposed. If you don't take care of that stuff while you're single, man, in marriage, it's not going to just go away. They're not going to fix you. It's all going to be exposed. Maybe you might, I think that's why people say the first year of marriage is the toughest. You know why? Because in, while they're dating, they try to hide it. I know people who, when they were dating, they didn't tell their spouse certain things about themselves. And guess what? When they got married, it all came to the light. Oh, by the way, I've slept with 15 people. And they're like, what? You did not tell me that when we were dating. Or, um, by the way, I'm bipolar. What? You know, by the way, I'm a sociopath. <laughs> you know, and sociopaths are kind of tough because they are good liars. They're very good manipulators. They're Starbucks so. lovers. They're Starbucks lovers. <laughs> And I'm insane. I remember hearing that song. I'm like, girl, you crazy, okay? But she was making fun of herself. That's a good song. Um, but so, yeah, when you get married, the person's not going to fix you. If you have issues, right, if you were abused and you try to hide it from even the person you're dating and then you get married and they find this out, it's, it's really tough. Or, you, you, you know, you did stuff. Whatever it is, I would say when you go into dating or marriage, don't think someone's going to fix you. The best thing you can do, write this down if you have a paper, the best thing you can do for your future spouse is to be as holy and healthy now as a single person, okay? The best thing you can do for your future spouse is one, you know, to know yourself. 
Get to know yourself. Again, Bobby said that his brother, he was a confident guy as a teenager. He knew himself really well. A lot of us don't know ourselves. We don't know who we are. And granted, it's going to take a lifetime of really knowing. But again, I remember when I was in my early 20s, I dated a lot of guys who I would never date now. Before I had my conversion, I dated a lot of guys in high school I would never even think about dating now. Why? Because I didn't know myself. Man, I dated a lot of jerks, you know? Or I dated a guy, my dad loved him. Why? Because he was exactly like me. He's like, oh, I like this guy. I'm like, dad, he's me in a male form, <laughs> you know? And we, in our relationship, we were like the same person. We butted heads all the time because he was, we both were ASB president. We were both like theater, you know, on stage all the time. We were both were outgoing and it was like a constant headbutting because we were the same person. Um, and I learned, I later learned that, oh my gosh, my husband, Actually, we need to compliment each other. So I knew I actually needed a guy who was more quiet and humble than I am. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I really, as I got to know myself, you know what? I was like, I don't want a guy who's like competing with me. I actually want a guy who balances me out. A guy who's definitely more humble than I am. A guy who's more introverted and I'm more extroverted. We knew we needed that balance. You know? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so those are, those are a few things, okay, that God alone satisfies your heart. So get to know yourself in Christ. And you'll realize there are people you're like, yeah, I don't want to date those people anymore. Like, they're just not, we wouldn't be good together. Um, and also, no one can fix the wounds. So let God fix those, what, whatever is going on, issues in your life, let God fix those and not a person. There's a, there's a Catholic speaker um, who, who's, who said, the best thing you can do for your future spouse is to be a saint. Kind of what Jackie said, to be holy. And I, think, I really see how the seminary, I wish every guy had to go through the seminary. Not necessarily to be a priest but to get your butt kicked, to kind of have, because college is no longer the place where you grow up. Oh, gosh. Like, college is really, be, it's not the place where you get instilled in virtue and in the liberal arts and all this stuff. It's really a place of where you're deformed. Instead of formed. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's just kind of how it is. It's just, it's, it's, and if, you don't, if you're not surrounded by a good network of friends, which is what I tell all my, the kids who are graduating, I said, if you do not get plugged in to a campus ministry or, or share your faith with other guys, you're going to get lost. You're going to get swept up in the fraternity scene. You're going to get swept up in just that environment if you are not keep that foundation within God. So I wish every, every young person had a seminary-like experience where you really got to, it was just you and God, and you got to know yourself and to realize that the holier I become, the better prepared I'm going to be for my spouse, whatever my vocation is down the road. Um, two two kind of things I'd like you to write down. One is is exclusivity. So it looks like exclusive. I can spell it if you really want. It's exclusive, and, but in, at the very end of it, exclusivity and tenderness. Exclusivity, one of you mentioned earlier about a bubble. And sometimes when you see a couple dating and it's un, suddenly it's all about them, and there's this like weird bubble around them and you can't ever like get through anymore and like especially if it's a good friend of yours that used to be close and now it's no longer there or like they're only talking to this one person and you can tell like it's not even that healthy but they won't listen that's when it's exclusive to the point where it's a problem and especially at high school age like this isn't the time to be that in that bubble it happens in college it happens out in the world and it's again that's not being fruitful that's, not, that's no longer being fruitful. That's no longer sharing your gifts and sharing your joy and happiness with others. You, you kind of let yourself be enveloped in this bubble. 
of this other person. And really what you've done is you've elevated this person to the level of a god. And if guys, if you've ever been put on a pedestal by a girl, like she thinks you're the most amazing creature that ever roamed the planet, and then you open your mouth and something stupid comes out, because it always does, and she's like, oh my gosh, she's not the most perfect man in the world. And you're like, yeah, I mean, come on, I'm a man. It's, it's that problem of I've made this person into an idol. I, this person has placed and taken the place of God. The other thing is tenderness. And this is something that uh, you can start really practicing today. And, and not everyone, not every couple does it perfectly, but it's, it's becoming aware of it. The fact that I care about this person, I'm attracted to them, and I want to show I care. I want to be tenderness. I want to be tender. I want to show a tenderness to it. That can be holding hands. That can be being physically close to them, um, dancing with them, whatever. The problem is when I jump the gun with it, where I haven't actually asked her out on a date, where I haven't actually like made anything concrete. We're just like, hey, how are you doing? I like you. And, and our emotions and the physical part of the relationship is jumping high. Is, is jumping forward faster than maybe the emotional or the mature side of it is going. That's when you get in the joyful, um, one of my favorite expressions is the DTR. When I have to define the relationship. When I have to sit down with the person and be like, what are we? Sometimes it's really fun and awkward and I think it's hilarious when you're on the outside of it, but obviously when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's awful. It can be awful, but it's, it's that clarity of what are we and be intentional. Um, this rain is, is lovely. It's a raining man. Sorry, I had to. I'm just like, Hallelujah, it's raining man. But for guys and girls, uh, be intentional. So if I'm sending her really affirming texts, if I'm sending her flowers or doing these really nice things, but I have absolutely no interest in pursuing her, you're leading her on. That's misleading. Yeah. So that's another thing you can write down is be intentional. Be mindful of the, the signs and signals I'm giving out. Like if I'm sending out like, hey, baby, I'm really interested in you. I'm giving you attention. But oh, here, here's another girl over here. Okay. And I would say on the flip side, ladies, if you're flirting with a guy and you, and here's the, here's the worst part. If there's a guy who likes you and you love his attention, but you don't actually like him back, some girls, we just want, we just want to have the attention. So what we'll do is we'll flirt and we'll want to keep him just to be here. We don't actually want to date him but we just kind of keep him here so we can have someone who likes us. I know I've done this, right? Like guys who will, and then like I'll flirt back, but I have no intention of dating them. Ladies, we gotta not lead guys on. Guys, how many of you like being led on by a girl? Okay, so I'm gonna, if you, okay, this, this workshop is about chastity and dating, right? I'm gonna have you write down a few things. So say number one, if you want to be chased in your relationship, number one, do not date somebody who is not on the same page as you. If you want to be chasing, if you are serious about this chastity thing, number one, do not date someone who is not on the same page as you. Ladies, if you date a guy and you say to him, listen, I'm not going to have sex with you. And I personally, when I was in high school and college, that would be one of the first dates. Why waste my time? I don't want to waste my time with a guy who, you know, who's not on the same page as me. So I would get it out of the way. I would say, here are my boundaries, right? I tell the guy, one of these guys I dated said, hey, how far are you willing to go? And first of all, that's a good sign that I shouldn't be dating him, that he's asking this question, right? He's like, how far, how far have you gone? Or how far are you willing to go? And I told him, I said, well, I'm not going to have sex with you. And secondly, I'm not going to do more than kissing with you. And he was like, 
oh, because this guy had had sex with like five girls and he was not ashamed and he said he was Catholic, right? So basically that did not, that relationship did not last long because here's what happened. If a guy just tolerates, or, or guys, if a girl just tolerates, like Bobby, you know, he said he was going to be, and he signed the chastity card and he said like, I want to wait till marriage to have sex. But this girlfriend that he dated, oh, she had no intention of waiting till marriage. She said, oh, okay, sure. And you know what? Girls, if you date a guy who's the pusher, the guy that says, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll tolerate that, right? Like, oh, okay, well, wait, you know what? It never happens. Because if they say, oh, I'll tolerate, just like in this relationship, she pushed him further because she wasn't a virgin. He didn't know that. She kept pushing him further and further and further. She had no intention of helping him be chased. So if you actually want to be chased, guess what? You have to be on the same page. If you date a guy, he has to say, you know what, I want to be chased too, and I'm going to help you. Guys, if you date a girl, you guys say, you know what, I'm on the same page as you. I want to do this too. Because guess what? Chastity, even when you are on the same page and you're going to get married, is difficult. We're not up here saying, oh, it was so easy. No, I wanted to pounce this guy, okay? He's going to be my husband. I'm attracted to him. Of course, chastity is hard when you're dating someone you are super attracted to, and you think this is going to be my spouse. And so even for us, with chastity, it was difficult, and we had to constantly be like, all right, we messed up. We need to go to confession. What can we do to not put ourselves in this situation, right? And you have to say, like, all right, we're not going to lay down next to each other when we watch a movie because this is where we get tempted, okay? You have to talk to each other. If you are afraid of telling the person you're dating your boundaries, maybe you shouldn't be dating them. If you are afraid to pray with the person you are dating, maybe you shouldn't be dating them because you're not on the same page. You should be on the same page physically spiritually, mentally, and intellect, like, uh, what's the other one? Physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, okay? If they're not, like, you guys, for me, I kept dating a lot of guys who didn't like to read, and they were, not that they were dumb, okay? I'm not going to say that they're dumb, but I was like, you don't even read books? Like, we couldn't even have, a, like, an intellectual conversation. I'm like, my sister, my sister, who's not even Catholic anymore, she said, you keep, re- you keep dating guys who don't like to read, and I'm like, and I'm I love reading. Like, I love having good conversations, intellectual conversations. And I, remember, I was valedictorian of my high school. And what's kind of funny is that Bobby was salutatorian of his high school. Number two. <laughs> but really, I love that Bobby actually reads more than I do. Bobby reads, like, a few books a week, it seems. I'm like, dude, how are you reading so many books all the time? But he's so smart. Besides being, like, super hot and holy, he's, like, super smart, which I'm like, I love you. Okay. But... It's the beard. Yeah, I know. But I also knew, you know what? I also knew I didn't want a guy who wasn't funny. Because with me, I want to laugh through marriage. I want to laugh through life. I want life to be joyful. And I dated some guys who were, like, as boring as a tree. And I'm like, they were nice Catholic guys, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, he is so not funny. You know? And I was like, this isn't going to work out. Like, his humor is not the same as mine. But the most important thing, if you want to stay chaste, you have to be on the same page. If, if they say, oh, okay. I'll respect that. Nope, got to go. Because the amount of friends we've had who were Catholic youth ministers, Catholic worship leaders, who dated people like this, they all lost their virginity. I mean, I don't know. I hardly know one person that stayed in a long relationship with one of those people and didn't go further than they wanted. Okay? That's number one, if you want to stay chased. Number two, know and share your values and your boundaries. Okay? And if that person doesn't respect them, you shouldn't be dating them. If they're not cool with you being Catholic, if they're not cool with you, you know, loving God, going to Mass, if they're not cool with that, you shouldn't be dating them. Because if you, the whole purpose of a relationship is to get to heaven. You can write that down too. The whole purpose of your dating relationship is to get someone to heaven. 
Um, number, I guess this is number three or four. Avoid temptation. Is it a good idea to go to one of your parents' house when they're not home, the lights are off, and you're watching a movie laying down on a couch? Is that, is that a good way to avoid temptation? No. Be smart, you guys. Be smart. If you're somewhere, again, in their car and it's, you know, things are happening, be smart. And, and know yourself. Know your, your limits, your temptations. And you can even talk to them about that. Okay, number four or five. Um, right, the difference between affection versus arousal, okay? If you want to be chased, you got to know the difference between showing affection and arousing somebody. Okay, so examples of affection, right? Holding hands, okay? Examples of affection, hugging, you know? Hmm. Examples of affection, giving a kiss, Okay. You can show affection by, and by looking at someone, by saying kind things, okay? <laughs> by petting their hair. <laughs> Stop. Okay, now, arousal. What's the difference? When you are intentionally trying to... No, stop it. <laughs> when you're intentionally trying to arouse somebody, oh, we know it, right, ladies? We're very powerful with using our beauty. We know we are, right? We know how to arouse a guy. And we know how to be manipulative. Ladies, we know what we can do to try to make a guy jealous, to try to arouse him, okay? Because that's the, that's the danger with women. Women, your beauty is powerful, okay? A woman's beauty can either lead someone closer to heaven or lead them closer to hell. And we know how to do it, okay? I, let me tell you, I'm not saying that I'm free from this. Oh, I've done it before with a guy. You know, you try to do it with a guy to keep him or you try to do it with a guy to arouse him, whatever. We know, I mean, basically anything, if people want to say how far is too far, really... Um, <laughs> basically, I would say, if you want to know the boundary, basically, it's neck up, okay? Neck up. And even then, some people are tempted if they're passionately kissing, because, as Bobby says, the train has left the station, right? Okay? Because, guys, ladies, sometimes even your touch can arouse a guy. My friend said he was sitting with his girlfriend, who's now his wife. He was sitting with her watching a movie, and, you know, he put his arm around her, and she was thinking, oh, this is so nice. This is so great. He's putting his arm around me. She put her hand on his leg, and he was like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> you know? He was like, ah! <laughs> you know? for, for guys, it doesn't take that much. Yeah. So, you know it. And so that's where, again, on the guys' initiative, as I shared in the men's session, you have to, be, you have to know yourself, and you have to be aware. Yeah. Again, if the train is leaving the station, if you realize within yourself that I care about this person, I want them, want the best for them, and you, but yet you feel that desire welling up, but I can't act on it, we're not married, I know where this leads, I have to, because I love her, kind of take a step back, whatever that looks like, yeah. to really regain control of yourself, whether that's running three miles on the spot, whether that's just moving to the other room, or just whatever, whatever you do, because it's out of love. Because again, in that moment, the temptation is to use her as an object of pleasure. Yeah. And there were times where we were dating where, you know, inspired by the St. Francis and his story of experiencing temptation and threw himself into rose bushes. The dude did this. Yeah. Rose bushes, every, every rose has its thorn. Yeah. <laughs> In this moment where, again, I could feel myself kind of like welling up a bit, had to like actually push her down on the couch and run into the other room. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Be like, honey, I love you. And I had to run away. <laughs> yeah. But we were just laughing about it because it was out of love. I, and we're not married till, you know, you're not married till you're married. We know engaged couples who broke up. Engaged couples who were like, well, we're going to get married anyway, so we might as well. And then they don't get married. Right. And then you've given yourself away in that, in that form. 
Right. So it's, it's again, being aware of uh, affection is great, and affection looks different for certain people, but knowing that, am I purposefully arousing them? Right. Or even uh, unwilling it, but learning and being aware. And they say that a guy's arousal curve is basically like a light switch. It goes on. You know, like it's that quick to arouse a guy. You're just like touching, and he's like, like woo! You know, and ladies, our arousal curve is kind of like a boiling pot of water. It takes a little bit, okay? It takes a little while to get the water boiling, all right? But that's, we have to know that. Like, ladies, we got to know that about our brothers and that when we do something, like, they immediately can get aroused. And, and guys, you got to know that about a woman that this will be for marriage, that it takes a while, okay, to arouse her. You should know some dating, too. But to know that about yourself and to be able to talk to the person about this, all right? So the last couple things before we go to questions are, if you want to have a chaste relationship, you got to pray. you got to have a prayer life, okay? you got to know Jesus and let Jesus satisfy you and, again, not let another person. So pray for holiness. Pray for chastity. Pray for your desires and your temptations, okay? And that prayer goes beyond this retreat. Like, if you really want to integrate this in, you don't just let it end here. You take what's, what's happened here and go out with it, you, whether that's picking up the rosary, hitting up a daily mass a few times a week, or finding like any of the music that you've heard that inspires you, like downloading that, playing it when you, you need to hear it to remind yourself that, God, you are real. You want the best for me. Help me to, to put these desires together. It's not, again, to totally shut them off. That's not, that is not what we are saying. That's not what John Paul is saying. It's not what the church is, is teaching. It's how do I integrate these desires for life, life in abundance? And I would say the last one that you can write down is stay pure. It says in Scripture, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. So what's the opposite of that? If you're not pure of heart, then what? Then you won't see God. If you are pure of heart, you will see God. Now, if some of you have said, you know what, I haven't seen God in a long time, my question to you is, are you pure of heart, mind, body, and soul? If you haven't seen God in a while, are you pure of heart? Because the pure of heart are the ones who are going to see God. So what does that mean? If you want to have a chaste relationship, it means that you've got to cut out pornography. Because people who watch pornography, and this is really, this is, I'm telling you, pornography is a drug and it's really sad. People who view pornography are much more likely to try those things in their relationships. Even, and this is so sick and so, this is how the devil works. In England, there was a, a, like a, I think he was like 11, an 11-year-old boy, because he was watching violent pornography, he was trying it on his little sister. I'm telling you, relationships, and they've said that more and more dating relationships have become more violent because of pornography. People will want to try things that like, I mean, more and more violent pornography like rape and child pornography. These are becoming so prevalent that so many teen teenagers have seen this, but they try it out in their relationships. And this is not free, total, faithful, fruitful. And, and so if you want to be pure and chaste in your relationships, you got to cut out the pornography. You also got to cut out the movies that you see that you know are not going to be good. Okay? So even in one of my relationships, I got in a fight with my boyfriend because he was pressuring me to see a movie that I knew I didn't want to see. And I knew was, I'm like, I'm going to have to go to confession after this movie. And he's like, oh, but I'll pay for it. What? Oh, you'll pay for me to go to a movie that's gross and degrading because, I, you know, and then I have to go to confession. That makes no sense. I was like, I want to break up with them right here. Um, but really, cut out those movies that you know are not going to be good for your soul. Cut out the music that you know. Again, this is why you listen to lyrics because you, you can say, I don't want this. I don't want to hear this song. Like, I remember hearing Katy Perry's E.T. for the first time, and I was like, I just felt kind of gross, like, listening to it. I was like, Ugh, like this song makes me feel dirty. 
And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to change. Anytime this song comes out, I'm going to change the channel. Like, if you feel, like, when you hear a song, you listen to the words, you're like, it kind of makes you feel weird. That's your conscience saying, like, this song is not good. Like, this song is not holy. Don't listen to it again. Um, all right. Now we're going to open it up and let's see. If, we're going to open it for some questions about dating or even chastity within dating. I mean, you know, you can ask, like, you know, what about dating someone who's not Catholic? How do I know this person's the one? Blah, blah, blah. So if you guys want to ask any questions, we have ten, the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So do you want to marry someone who's not Catholic? Okay, so why are you dating? Why are you dating then? Okay, well, let's pretend. Use, use your words. Let's pretend you're in college, okay? Let's pretend you're in college or a little after college and you're ready to date, and maybe you meet someone who's not Catholic. Okay, now you have to ask. I knew in my mind after my conversion, I knew I would not marry someone who was not Catholic. Now someone asked me, oh, but Jackie, what if he's a nice Protestant guy? I was like, well, why? Or he's like, what if he's passionately Protestant? What do you want rather that than like a dull Catholic guy? I was like, why can't I have a passionately Catholic guy? Do I not trust that God has that in for me? But we do have a few friends who dated people who weren't Catholic, okay? But here was the deal. They're, like our friend Paul, his girlfriend was Protestant, but she was definitely open to going to church with him, to mass with him. She was open to going to Bible, like Catholic Bible studies. And, and of course, a few, months, she, a few months before they got married, she became Catholic. Okay, we have another friend who, you know, he was dating a girl who wasn't Catholic. And, you know, it, it, for me, it's are they open? Or do they say, no, I'm not going to mass with you. No, I'm not doing this. For me, that's being closed. But if they're open, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you to mass. I want to know more about the Catholic Church. For me, I would never even consider, um, never consider marrying somebody who wasn't Catholic. But if they were not Catholic while we were dating and I saw that they were open, I would definitely consider that. Like, you know, maybe they are passionate. Like, if they're, they're open and I see that he's a man of God, like, awesome. But I would never marry someone. I wouldn't personally because I knew I needed to be, I wanted to be led in my faith by a good Catholic man. I didn't want to drag him along because I'd experienced that. And I didn't want that. The, the question, too, is, is how important is your faith? How important is your faith? But for me, I knew, I realized this is the deepest part of who I am. This isn't just like, I'm an athlete, and I like to read, and I'm Catholic. It's like, I am Catholic. And this goes all the way down to the core of who I am, is this faith in Jesus Christ. And that colors my entire world. And so to even consider marrying someone who wasn't on the same page that I wouldn't be able to pray with, or talk to the, the stuff about with, or go, like, go to Mass, like, that, was just, that wasn't going to work. And I tried dating girls who weren't Catholic and, again, feeling awkward when it came to prayer. Or they didn't want to come to Mass with me. And it was like, they, don't, they only know, like, 50% of me. I can't share all of myself with them. So, right. um, you know, again, we, we have friends that uh, have dated people that are open to it and are receptive, and it's great. But if they're kind of fighting it, there may be red flags for trouble down the road. Yeah. So, good question. All right. What else do you guys have about dating? Yeah. Okay, so basically, it, if it's leading you to sex, right? And again, it's, that's what the difference is between affection and arousal. Arousal is for marriage. Because the whole purpose of arousing someone is to lead them to sex, right? And in, we know outside of marriage and within marriage, there's a difference there. So again, basically outside of marriage, it should be signs of affection. To show them you love them. Because pretty much 
when it's getting a little too passionate, and you should, you know that, like, I think we, and that's why you need to talk when you're dating, like, you know what, this arouses me. And for some people, I think like Bobby said this yesterday, for some people, it's kissing. And we know couples who didn't kiss before marriage because they knew it would lead them. We're like, okay, that's not what we did. Yeah, we, uh, we, we were not that couple. Yeah, no. we were not that couple. But we respect that. But for us, we had to talk, and you know what, every time we went a little too far, we had to talk about it and say, listen, we need to make sure we're not we're not starting the train to get us, because again, when you start getting aroused, sometimes your brain goes out the window, okay? We all know this, like we all know this about ourselves, like there are certain things that are very tempting that will start the arousal train. Hoot, hoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not hoot, hoot. Hoot, hoot. It, go, it goes back to, to knowing yourself and knowing your limits. And again, it, it, what Jackie and I came to realize, okay, after, because we, we didn't live together before we were married, like that was a big, thing for us, and um, especially when so many couples around us were, it was like, no, we're not living together. We're not living as if we were married before we're actually married. And so that meant i driving home, like a 25-minute drive home every night uh, while we were engaged, and it sucked. Mm -hmm. But it was totally worth it. It's absolutely worth it, because that, that showed that I was willing to wait. I was willing. She was worth waiting for. And I will drive home when I'm super tired and cranky because she's worth it. And so recognizing, okay, by 10, 10.30 every night, I have to be out the door. Because yeah. if I linger, then I start, you know, my brain starts going, making bad decisions, and right. it's too dangerous on the road. And, and knowing that we can't be in these certain settings by ourselves, again, with the lights out and the, right. the notebook on, and I just, because <laughs> yeah. I'm a wreck. So. Because <laughs> he's crying from the notebook. Because I'm weeping and she wants to cuddle, know, cuddle and it's just, it's not good. Yeah, so if you want to know another thing, anywhere a bathing suit covers, that's, those are sexual values. Those arouse for sure. Um, but again, I would say showing signs of affection, that's for some people as far as, but again, it's not about how far can we go. If you really have the right mindset in a relationship as a Christian, as a Catholic, the, the right question is, like, how holy can I get, how holy can we be? Which is tough. That's, it takes a lot of discipline, a lot of love to it do takes, that. It takes prayer, integration, and having friends who share the same values. Right. Because with Jackie, I had really was at a point in my life where there was no desire to use her. So that never came into my mind how far is too far. It was honestly just this, like, I want to love her as rightly as I can. And, yeah. again, if we're not formed with that, then the questions tend to be, well, how far is too far? What can I get away with? And I think in that point, it's like, you shouldn't be dating then. If that's the question, that's a dangerous question. If, if, you, if, you're, if you're constantly asking how far is too far, then maybe you shouldn't be dating yet until you come to a place with, in, your, in your faith that you can ask, how, how can I get this person to heaven? Because again, if that's your question, you might, you'll be crossing a whole lot of lines, right? Um, and that'll be your goal is to arouse. Good question. Um, what else? We have a few more uh, minutes to ask or answer a few questions. So what about dating? Anything about dating that you guys, well, we can just sit up here until, yeah. Um, she's asking, should you go out in a group or could you go with the two of you? I would say if you did go just the two of you, to do things that are fun, like if you guys are competitive or whatever, like, you know, go, um, bowling, go do mini golf. I mean, we, we've had so much fun. Play taboo with friends, because then you really find out about somebody. You're like, they're totally like, oh, come on, you should have known this answer, or whatever. Yeah, we've, we've with other, we were, I think we were engaged at yeah. the time, and our other friends were engaged, and, and 
it should be a required part of marriage prep. You have to play taboo with the person <laughs> you're going to marry because, oh man, you learn your, your partner's patience yeah. or lack of patience, <laughs> their anger when you don't get it right. And uh, one of our friends was like, she was really competitive and he wasn't as much. She was real casual with it. And like, she, he didn't get like three words that she was like, thought were clear as day. And we thought it were clear as day as well. We yeah. were like, how did you and not so get she that? Was, she was super angry. He's like, I love you, baby. And she's like, I love you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you see, it's funny when you play taboo. So yeah, um, okay, here are some dating options I have. Um, if you, you know, go to the zoo, go to the park, go to a car show, go to a poetry reading concert, uh, you know, babysit together so you can see if they like big kids. Um, go to an art show. If you want to be creative, make things together, carve pumpkins, stuff like that. Um, go to mass together, pray rosary together, serve at a, like a soup kitchen together. Or, you know, have group activities like basketball, volleyball, potluck dinner, scavenger hunt. You know, you guys, be creative with your dates. Don't, a horrible first date idea is to go to the movies where you don't even talk to each other. You're just sitting there, you know, like you don't even talk. Like, get to know someone on a date, right? That's, that's the point. The benefit of group dating, um, and there's, there's times to go out together. Again, it's just being smart and what you're doing and what yeah. time and however long you're out. But when group settings are great, too, because you get to see how does she interact with my friends, how does she treat other people? What is, her, what is her sense of humor like? So you're really getting to see who she really is. Because it's easy to kind of play a part or play who she, I think she wants me to be yeah. when we're on our own. But it's harder to fake that when I'm with other people. And if you're ashamed to take your, the person to meet your parents, that might be a red flag. If you are afraid of your parents meeting, unless your parents, like, I say, you know that song, why you gotta be so rude, right? This song is about a dad who doesn't like the guy who's proposing. Now, a dad, you know, if your parents don't like the person, that, that might be a sign. However, some parents, for instance, if you're dating someone who's not the same race as you, some parents might not like that because maybe you're raised in a very cultural, you're, you, you guys are very steeped in your culture, and they'd be like, no, 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 you cannot date. Like, I had a friend who was white, and she was dating a black guy, and her parents were like, no. Or uh, we have an Asian friend who wanted to, and they were like, no, you got to date a Korean girl, you know, and they like, and, and they wanted that for their kids. So <laughs> he's like, yes, I know that. Um, Struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> so in that case, if it's based on religion or race, I don't think that's valid for parents to be like, no, you can't date because of their race or religion. Um, but again, most time, if you're, you should be proud, you should be proud to be dating the person. I, and you know what? Bobby was one of the first guys I dated that I was really proud to be his girlfriend. Some of the other guys I dated, I was like kind of ashamed a little, maybe because something, but I was so proud to be his girlfriend because I, I don't know anyone who's met Bobby who like hates, I've never met someone who doesn't like him because he has a good sense of humor and he makes fun of himself and, you know. Well, Martin and I are kind of feuding right now, so. Yeah, I know. You guys, you're feuding about the beards. Parking lot. <laughs> Beard off. <laughs> you're going to win. Yeah. So, so any, any, other, any other questions? You know what? For me, it was I loved being single. You guys, some people are miserable and they can't be happy unless they have somebody. You know, of course I wanted a boyfriend. I wanted a husband. But here's the deal. I'm going to tell you this. Do not waste your singlehood and think that you are not going to be happy until you get married. God wants to do certain things with you in your singlehood. For me, before I got married, I was 29 I got married, God took me to 16 countries, right? And like I said, 47, 42 states. And God wanted to use me as a single person for a reason. So don't think your singlehood is a waste until you get married. Be like, God, make me a saint. Like, you know, take me to the places that you want to take me. Because guess what? Now as a wife and a mom, 
I'm not flying. I, like, I used to fly 150,000 miles a year on 100 planes. Now, because I have a baby, I told my booking agent, I said, listen, I want to fly twice a month, not eight or ten times a month. I want to do more local things. So God, I'm not doing the same things I did when I'm single, but I'm being a mom, which is awesome. So God's going to do different things with you in your single years than he's going to do with you in your married years and in when you're a parent. So be happy as a single person. I knew a lot of miserable singles. And I was like, you know what? There, you know what? The thing is, if you're miserable being single, you're going to be miserable in marriage. Okay? You can write that down. If you, if you are miserable as a single person, it's not going to change when you get married. You're going to be a miserable married person. It's really your attitude about life. For me, I'm like, I want to I live fully as a single person. I want to live fully as a married person. But if you're a total Debbie Downer, you need to get help, okay? Seriously, if you are a total depressed, like that kind of Debbie Downer, like you're, you're miserable because you're single, you really need counseling or, or Jesus. Jesus first and then counseling, okay? What, what would you say about your single years? I mean, mine, mine's kind of similar, I guess, and, and you can write this down. Don't waste your 20s. Don't waste your 20s. There's, there's a, um, I think, a cultural mindset that, oh, I'll grow up when I'm 30. Right. Again, I go to college just to kind of party and do this college thing and maybe get an education too while, while I'm at it. Why not? And it's totally, we've, we've, we're at a, a very strange place, especially among men, where men really are not growing up until like 25, 26. If 28. Then. 28 if then. Again, like, oh, I'll grow up when I'm 30. And in the 20s, I can just do whatever the heck I want. Like Jackie said, your, your 20s, these are great formative years. Uh, be it traveling, be it volunteering, uh, just forming yourself and getting ready for whatever the heck God has in store for you, whether that's through music and, and, and stretching your talents to, um, if, if even a vocation question kind of question mark comes up, and for me, that was the seminary, and realizing I'm going to be an old man and wonder, what if, if I don't go and check this out, check, wonder if I'm called to the priesthood. And so, um, very formative time, time in my life that really prepared me for what was, God was, was cooking up. So, don't waste your 20s. Don't think that, oh, I'll grow up later on. It's like, no, no. Own yourself as a man. Own yourself as a woman. And, and you're not guaranteed to make it till 30 anyway. That's the thing. We think we're gonna, we got a full life ahead of us, and you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, a thief comes in the middle of the night. God doesn't guarantee us another year of life at all. And so every day you got to be grateful and, and give that gift back to God. Yeah, I had three friends who died. Three friends that one of them, actually two of them I dated. That's a horrible statistic. Um, but three, yeah, three friends that they died in their 20s. One was killed in a drunk driving accident at 21. Another had a seizure at the age of 26. And another drank himself to death. And you know what? We aren't, again, my, I think the thing that made me happy as a single person, I wanted to live every day as it was my last day, knowing that I may not have tomorrow. The church fathers always said, remember your death. And friend, I, I have a friend who tattooed that on his chest backwards. So every time he looked in the mirror, it said, remember your death. You know why? Because if you remember that you are not going to be here forever, you will remember to live life now to the fullest. So for me, I was like, you know what? I might die tomorrow and be with Jesus in heaven. And you know what? That would make me super happy because I can't wait to be with God in heaven. And obviously now that I'm married, I'm like, I, I have a child and I have a husband and I don't want to die. But, I, you know, when I get to heaven, it'll be exciting. When I was single, I was like, you know what? Take me now, Lord. <laughs> I want to be in heaven. But really, live every day as if it's your last. If, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, how would your day be different? Okay? 
it, you, maybe some of you, I need to go to confession. <laughs> I'm going to go to mass. I'm going to pray. You know, say, say I love you to the people of my life. Live every day as if it's your last. Don't take any day for granted because we're not here forever. And we're not, we don't know when, we're gonna, when our day is yeah. going to come. And should you be called to marriage, it's going to be a person that compliment, it should be a person that compliments you that is your best friend. There just happens to be romance thrown into it too. Yeah. Do not um, marry someone who is not your best friend. It's you, a lot of times when yeah. you're single, all, you, all you're thinking about is sex. And you're just like, oh my gosh, we're going to be married and we're going to have all sorts of crazy sex. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> the reality, you know, the day-to-day reality is it's, it is such the cherry on top of the, the friendship. The cake. The whole cake of the whole friendship we have, the whole relationship and, and the laughter and the, the, the traveling. And now the challenge of being parents and... Um, you have a baby who doesn't go to sleep or whatever it is. You the, know? the intimacy within marriage, like, it has to stem from, first, I know myself and God. We're leading each other closer to that, and we can be ourselves and be joyful, and we're best friends at the end of the day. Yeah. It is really funny how much when you're single you think about sex. <laughs> and then when you get married, it, it's not, it's, that's not the, the whole part of it. You know? So um, do you want to close in prayer? Yeah. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord and our God, we give you thanks for the glory that you have created us in, for our, our bodies created male and female in your image. Lord, increase in us any virtues we're lacking. Open our hearts to this vision. Allow it to really sink in. Give us patience and trust in your plan for our lives that it truly is for our most joyful and happy selves. We're called to marriage. Bless the person that will be our spouse out there. Give us the courage to wait for them and to prepare ourselves with each year that passes. Embolden us to not fall into the, the lies of a culture. Give us the grace of good friendships to strengthen us. And send your angels and saints to protect us and, and be with us always. All glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you, guys. Oh, I forgot. Pray for your spouse when you said that. Okay, pray for your spouse at the end. All right, see you guys. We'll um, go. I think you have a break. Oh, your small groups, right? Okay. Thanks, you guys.